Welcome, Grizzle Pod, episode 26, end of summer episode. Scott, what goes down, man? Oh, man, I was loving the weather this week. No more 95-degree days. I was out there with pants <laughs> on. I couldn't believe it. Dude, there were, you, you had torrential rain. I mean, I almost died in flooding, but we're, we're here, and we're doing the pod for you guys. <laughs> I'm in a boat oh, right man, now, pic- everyone. Those pictures from New York, or those videos from New York. Did you see that dude? He he basically uh, he basically put uh, like I had a floaty and he had a hookah. <laughs> oh yeah, I, he was, was in cra- like an alleyway in New York City, right? <laughs> that was a yeah. crazy living your best life. That's what New York's always been about. Always man. No find matter what something fun, even in every disaster. <laughs> you know what? If you can't make it in New York, you can't make it no, anywhere. It's a tough man. life, so yeah, people are used to to bad times. It's good stuff, guys. Uh, you guys know the Grizzle Pod. We are the future of growth investing. We we do it better than uh, than you know. We we feel that we are highlighting the sectors, the stocks, the ideas that are going to change the world going forward. So stay tuned to the Grizzle Pod. Just got to give a quick shout out to Y Charts. Always banging for us. Uh, we got some. We're going to show some cool stuff coming next week. So stay tuned. Yeah, Y Charts uh, rolling out some interesting new screening functionality. Look to our Twitter channel. You can look at Scott underscore Grizzle or uh, Thomas or, or, you know, Grizzle Media. We're going to be highlighting some of those changes. So look out for that. Yeah, 100%. So, yeah, stay tuned. That's our sponsor there. Y Charts always at our back. Now, Scott, we got a we got a we got an end of summer episode here. What what do we got on the what do we got on the schedule here? All right. So here here's here's what you guys should look forward to in the next, you know, 30 45 minutes. So we got inflation. We got to talk about some inflation readings coming out of Europe. Obviously, that has important implications for where interest rates go in the US and also what that means for stocks and bonds. Next, we got to talk about Bitcoin. Bitcoin back on on a run. We're going to look at past drawdowns to see how this this um, this you know, it's recent sell-off compares to history. Then yep. you got to talk about SaaS, software as a service. You cannot be sleeping on SaaS. We're going to talk about that a bit. And then we got to talk about the Chinese ADR. That's Chinese companies that list in the U.S. via, uh, via an American depository receipt, it's called. Those things are dead. We're going to tell you what you do. And then we got to talk about cannabis because we had some big merger news this week and it affected the grizzle cannabis portfolio so we're going to take you through that too yeah lots of lots of stuff on the agenda today uh thanks for joining us uh we're you know hopefully you guys have been enjoying all the great interviews that we've been popping through the pods as well uh we that was great uh we we, we just dropped an interview on tuesday we have one thursday have a listen. Uh, the, uh, the, the, those were, those are fantastic. One was on being your best investor. And the other one was a can't miss on NFTs in the crypto world. And just in general, what's going on in crypto. So if you're into crypto and you want to get updated, or you've never looked into anything in the crypto world, both people are going to, you know, this is a can't miss interview with an expert in the space. Yeah, so that's going to drop in pod format uh, next week. And the the interview we did with Louisa Nicola, she's a neuroscientist. She's talking about peak mental performance for athletics and for uh, money management. It's very, very a lot of similarities stuff. there. Yeah, athletes and portfolio managers have a listen to that. Uh, it's it's uh, a buddy of mine was like, "Whoa, that was that, that wasn't really what I was expecting on the Grizzle feed." I said, "Listen, we'll keep we'll keep you we'll keep you on your yeah, toes, keep you, you know? guessing, and it still has value to, related to investing. So that's what we're all about. Totally, 
Yeah, I know. It's, it's good stuff. So uh, where do we start, Scott? Inflation. We've got to start inflation. inflation. You, you got a good chart you want to talk to people about, right? It's, it's what is it? Uh, inflation reading out of Germany. Yeah, this is a great chart. Let's let's pop that up there. So basically, I'm just going to explain the chart, right? So what? So the key point I want to make here is is this is like we're in a new world, right? And everyone just says, you know, this time is different, and you know, everyone says this time is different, but this time is different. Uh, inflation is running hot, and central bankers are doing squat. That's that's my line, Scott. Uh, so Exhibit A here is Germany, right? And so. What we're talking about is, in, and Germany has an entrenched fear of inflation, Scott. You know, they, you know, they, they've been burned. This. Remember, if anyone remembers World War Two, World War One, they had problems with inflation in that time period, and they still remember because it left a lot of Germans destitute. Exactly right, and so if any country, Scott, is going to be. Uh, quick on the trigger to squash inflation, you would think it'd be Germany, right? Yeah. And this chart basically says, listen, where, so what, this chart is showing the central bank rate in, in um, so basically it's the ECB right now, going, going back to 1990, and then you look at German inflation. And basically, let's be frank, Scott, Germany controls the ECB. Right. Yes. Straight up. Uh, at least the uh, at least the overnight rate and, and wh where the central bank is thinking in terms of inflation and 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 uh, and growth. So what you find here, it's a beautiful chart. But basically what you find here is as inflation increases, the central bank has always been quick to increase the overnight rate, Scott. Right. That's a, that 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 makes a ton of sense in terms of basically trying to squash inflation. Governments hate inflation, so when inflation gets hot, they try to fight it. How do they do that? They raise rates. That's what you see. Exactly. Exactly. So lo and behold, where we stand today, German inflation stands at three point nine percent. Overnight rates are stuck rock at zero percent. Rock bottom. So now let's just do a where were we in history before when inflation was this hot? Basically, the ECB had their had their rate at let's call it five percent. So this is the difference, and this is why this time is different. The mountain of debt, the challenges across the global economy, inflation is running hot, and central bankers are doing squat. We're going to see that. That's if if Germany isn't acting, you you be you better be sure. Uh, Canada won't. Neither will uh, America, Australia. It's it's going to be a G seven treatment. Uh, in or let's call it uh, non-treatment of <laughs> of inflation. Yeah, asleep at the wheel on purpose. And this comes yeah. back to we've been talking about inflation a lot. Is it transitory? Is it going to last? And as this data comes out, right, we're getting into August and September numbers, and that's past when the pandemic really hit inflation for a bit. So you're not looking at a trough versus normal inflation. You're looking at a normal environment environment from last year. So, and you're still getting very high inflation numbers. So it's starting to look like that transitory argument holds less and less water as we go through time. For sure. Now, now there's something you wanted to mention on also financial conditions, right? Which is part of if money's easy, sometimes inflation runs a bit hotter. So I don't know if you wanted to talk about that. Yeah. So, well, so there's a, there's the, central banks aren't going to do anything and we're seeing that defined in Germany right now. So that, I think that's a great, uh, structural when people say, yeah, well, you know, everyone says it's different, but it's not different. It is different this time. It, basically central banks are not doing anything and that's why inflation is going to run hot. Uh, and that's why things like gold, Bitcoin, that, that's why these things are important in, in where we sit here. And now the other important aspect is, uh, 
financial conditions, right? And so this is the Goldman Sachs U.S. Financial Con Conditions Index. Basically, the way you think about it is the lower, the more easy it is, right? In general, Scott, the right? More, the, the cheaper money is. Easy, Ex is the exactly. more money there is in the system. Exactly. And so we're this chart goes all the way back to 1980, and we are at rock bottom, right? So when we think about has there ever been an easier time in financial conditions to uh, like easy money, basically uh, the ability to, you know, you, you not overburdened by debt and interest rates, at least interest rates. This is this is the index to look at. We are at rock bottom. This, so basically, this, is, dude, this is like the cost of money. It's not even in the basement. It's it's drilled to the core of the earth at this point. Oh, totally. It, it, it can't. And what happens, right, as you keep grinding down on this financial conditions, what you end up taking on is more debt, right? So if financial conditions are easy, it's one thing to raise lots of equity, right? That doesn't that doesn't give me an end game at the end of the day. Mm -hmm. But debt is what will ha hamper everyone. Yeah. And that's what ensures financial conditions will be easy for a very long time. And that links back to what Germany is not doing anything. It's all this virtuous cycle, Scott. Very interesting. This is how everyone should think about the markets, and this is why Grizzle is focused on growth, and this is why we every week we bring new dynamic ideas to the table because we are looking for growth ideas. We are in a structural market that will reward growth and not dead, dying entities. Yeah, what Tom's saying is when money is cheap, you can go for moonshots, and there's very little risk of you know giving it a shot because money is so cheap. And you can sit around for a long time and burn money because you can borrow a lot of it to try to win at the end of the day. So that's why growth that's right. works so much. It's not like, oh, I have 12 months of cash. It's I took on some debt. It's costing me a lot of money. If this thing doesn't work in a year, I'm out of here. You see companies that can just keep borrowing from the market for years to try to make a moonshot work. So that's why growth is just such, it's the place to be right now. Yeah, and, and you know, just adding on Scott's point, the the real collaboration here is so obviously financial conditions are super easy, but then you overlay that with the disruption that technology brings. It's so powerful, Scott. So basically you invest in a moonshot, uh, technological moonshot, but because you know, we're everything right now is exponential functions, right? You know, look, look at Zoom, basically crush, <laughs> crushed corporate travel. Did you see that coming? It even you crushed know, Citrix. <laughs> it even crushed Citrix, right? So it's it's a thing, the things that are happening, light speed and growth will, I know there's a lot of, when people talk about value versus growth, there's only growth. It really is. But you're trying to find the growth that is tangible growth, and that's what we do. Um, what's the next thing, Scott? What's, oh, what, before we, before we, we that... leave the inflation conversation, I just wanted to mention one thing about China. If you guys remember mm -hmm. China, you always could buy your little toys and your widgets from China, and they always just seemed to be cheaper than everyone else, and the price was never going up. So China historically has exported deflation, decreasing prices to the rest of the world because they just keep yep. producing things for cheaper and cheaper. But that is kind of reversed. And that will have an impact on the rest of the world because, you know, we all import a lot of Chinese goods. So I have a good chart that just shows U.S. import prices on goods that we import from China. So this is really what you want to look for because the U.S., we buy a lot of Chinese crap. And usually yeah. it's been pretty cheap. And so it, it brings our costs of, you know, the amount of money we spend falls. But now that, that you know, time period is over. The cost of Chinese goods that we're importing is going up. And so as we think of inflation, you already have all these, 
these different problems with supply chains and other things pushing inflation up, well, you can't rely on China either to help on the deflation front. So we're looking at inflation everywhere you look right now. Yeah, this is um, that's a that's a great chart highlighting that and uh, talking about inflation. You can't talk about inflation without talking about gold and Bitcoin. Let's talk Bitcoin, Scott. Ooh, yeah. um, had a had a great chart here. Uh, basically, uh, if uh, you can you can go on my Twitter or you can LinkedIn and you can find that. But basically, what it looks at, I'll I'll explain in in, in simple terms here. A very simple way to think about a. An asset and how it matures is that you don't have these episodes where basically you lose everything. And when I'm talking about that is, you know, for Bitcoin, in the early stages of, uh, you know, uh, of the asset, you know, t uh, talking, uh, let me just look at the chart here. Uh, basically, we're talking like 2010, you know, that time period, 2011. You, it was not uncommon to see drawdowns of 80%. Like that doesn't feel good. If you're an asset owner, obviously that's like, that shakes you to your core. So in 2011, we had uh, Bitcoin had a drawdown of 80%. Yeah, it's, it's hard It's hard to hodl, right? When when your assets, when you're down 90% to believe that it'll come back. So that's just why volatility makes an asset tough. And it shows you it's not a mature asset because it's just right. um, mature assets. People aren't selling and buying that rapidly to, to bring like price gains and, and uh, sell-offs like that. Exactly. And, and this was, uh, we, we highlighted this chart early on and we, you know, we'll keep bringing it back up, but we said, this is the chart you have to follow for Bitcoin to understand if it is maturing, if it's growing up as an asset for the exact same reason Scott has stated. So we'd had an 80% drawdown in 2011, an, another 80% drawdown in 2014, 15. Okay. So this is like, you're not seeing the growing up yet. And then we all know, you know, basically early 20, early 2019, end of 2018, we saw another nearly 80% drawdown, but something unique has happened since Scott, the most recent drawdowns, obviously the 2020 episode, we had everything drawdown. So I don't, I wouldn't say that was a little different in the sense that basically COVID hit and it's not exactly like for life. Yeah, that was like a recession drawdown. It wasn't a Bitcoin specific drawdown. Exactly. So you'd expect all risk assets. And I know, you, you know, I know people would view, well, that there's a store of value in, in, uh, in Bitcoin, but it's still a very risky asset. So, you know, you were seeing that drawdown and you'd expect that. But more interestingly is what has happened in 2021, right? You've seen a drawdown. So we'd entered the bear market and a bear, a definition of a bear market is you're down more than 20%. The real question, and I stated it early on, is if we kind of hold in the 50 to 40 range, we're in a different world. If we get back to 80%, it's it's still got a lot. You know, we still have a long way to go in terms of maturing the asset. And Scott, lo and behold, we basically touched 30K and then look, you know, look at, you know, here we are now today at 50 plus K. And so it was a, it was a drawdown of 40%, not the typical 80. This is incredible. And it didn't stay bullish. there long. No, it didn't stay there long. And, uh, you know, and it's interesting, right? Because if you follow Twitter, a lot of chirpers that obviously uh, are non-believers in Bitcoin and were of the view that, you know, that Bitcoin has a clear place. You can still own gold there. But to to dis be dismissive completely of Bitcoin shows uh, a lot of um, what's the word for it, Scott? You know, it's, uh, it's not just, dynamic thinking, right? You're kind of you're stuck in the old ways of things you understand. And so it's very hard to look at another point of view and say, ah, maybe maybe what's worked in the past will not be working in the future. Exactly. So this is a chart that from our perspective, maturing the asset is a 
key one to watch. And uh, from uh, you know, it's it's giving you the green light in terms of this this asset is growing up, and it's it's pretty powerful. Tom, I wanted to ask you because you've talked a little bit about what drawdowns mean for the health of a certain asset, and so I know at one point you were saying. If you get too quick of a bounce back off a sell-off in Bitcoin, it may it's not really what you want to see because it may show more volatility and that there it's not a, a healthy you, you kind of want it to bottom out and all the weak hands get shaken out and then new players come in. Does this sell-off make you think is this like a less high quality uh bounce back than you'd like to see? Well, yeah, I would you know, I know a lot of Bitcoin a, a, a lot of the a lot of the Bitcoiners, which are very much similar to the gold bugs, they are like, listen, back to the let's go back to the highs, break through, go to the moon, yada yada. I'm not, you know, like you know the spiel. If you really want to be constructive on the asset, especially a very volatile asset like this that has seen historically 80% drawdowns, what you really want to see is a period of consolidation, right? So you get this 40% pullback, and then you stay in a range. I like that whole like stay in the 30k to 40k range. You like know, like just what happened in 2018, 19, right? That was that was good consolidation. It was basically almost a year. It kind of just consolidated, consolidated, and yeah. then went to new highs. Exactly. And so, but when you get start to get these rip backs up quickly, I, I obviously bullish for the asset, but I think longer term, what you do want to see is, especially when we've seen a parabolic rise in 2020 in Bitcoin, you want to see a period of consolidation. That is naturally what happens. I don't, you know, if you follow asset prices, be it stocks, be it, uh, you know, be it commodities, be it Bitcoin, the hockey stick is the kiss of death. I know everybody loves it and, and the euphoria of it, but Scott, that if you're, you if you're writing it, you love it, but uh, it's, it's a very tricky game to play. Exactly. What the chart you sh everyone should love it. Pull it up. Visa, pull up the 30 year visa chart. That's the chart you'd bet on every day. Right. And so you want that chart to just go straight. It's like, it's no parabolic action. It's straight. It beats the market. It's beautiful. Same can be said about Adobe. We have a big, like we're, you guys are in for a big treat coming through the next quarter. We've got lots of things to, uh, to, we have a big, Big announcement, but um, but there's gonna be a lot of content you guys are gonna be excited about because we're gonna be showcasing all the elements of the Grizzle, uh, how Grizzle thinks about the world and the kinds of stocks we fill that up with. Yeah, and we've talked about this as you talk about speculation in this type of market. Remember, money's really cheap. Retail investor participation in stocks has literally never been higher. So yep. there's this pool of money just looking to make a quick buck and it's moving around the markets. You see it, it goes into like EV stocks, then it leaves, goes into crypto, then it leaves. And so I, I think with this drawdown in crypto, that was pretty much short lived shows you is that that pool of money is still around and it's moved back into crypto. Cause we see Nowadays, I'm watching the crypto market pretty closely. You have Bitcoin and Ethereum bouncing back, but all the little teeny coins are bouncing back even harder. So the money is going across the board. Non-fungible tokens, NFTs, those are ripping. So that the market is still healthy. There's lots of speculation going on. Yeah, please do uh, listen. Uh, the pod will be out uh, next week. Uh, Mason Nystrom, fantastic. What a smart young guy. Uh, you know, uh, he, he, he brings a lot of light into what the future of crypto is, right? And NFTs, uh, Web 3.0, all these things. If you don't know these buzz, buzz terms, uh, you should watch and listen because he breaks them down from first fundamentals and, and what the opportunity big, uh, big picture in the sky is. So have a listen to that. Um, Scott, coming back to this dynamic around uh, 
easy financial conditions, the ability to to uh, disrupt the world capital, especially tech companies have, having unlimited access to capital and what they can do. Let's bring up a chart that showcases uh, SaaS stocks, which so SaaS is an acronym for software as a service. Scott, you want to talk about what what that category is and why Grizzle loves that category? Yeah, so software as a service may sound complicated, but all it is is normal businesses that used to be brick and mortar and be physical are going online. Everything's being digitized. So these guys do things like let you sign documents digitally. They'll keep track of data for you. They'll let you manipulate data. It's not super complicated stuff. It's just... Think of it as the normal physical world is being digitized. So we love these yeah. companies because there's so many, such an opportunity at such early days to create these new verticals. And, and there's tons of customers that don't yet use the digital version. They're still in the yeah. physical world. So these guys, even though they, they look very expensive, they just continue to outperform and the growth always exceeds expectations. So this is just, this is a sector you can't afford to sleep on, even if it looks e expensive. Yeah. And, and, you know, this, it, it really, uh, so this chart really pours water in the view that, oh, well, you know, it's all the VCs that make all the monies. By the time it reaches the IPO, you're getting fleeced as a retail investor and there's no growth left. Well, this chart kind of basically throws, you know, throws water on that thesis. Yeah. The, the best part of this chart is it shows what the multiple is today, which is how we judge whether something's expensive or cheap versus what it was at IPO. And remember, usually stocks are very expensive at IPO. The reason you IPO is to get as much value as possible, raise as much money as possible. Yeah, yeah. Even like a Zoom, which is a more recent IPO, it's still 11 times higher a multiple. So that argument, oh, it's expensive. I don't want to go there. Well, it can yeah, get a lot yeah, more yeah. expensive and it can make you a lot of money. And Zoom yeah. is one of the the um, the most like benign examples. I'd say you have other ones that are two hundred yeah. times higher multiple. So yeah, let's just let's just talk this through. So so Salesforce uh, IPO in two thousand and four at one point one billion dollars, right? So you know, like most people say, well, that's the end, right? Well, today the market cap is two hundred and thirty billion dollars. It's just ginormous right like the untapped potential of that market was just so much bigger than uh than what it was back in 2004 again you're seeing the twillow uh 2016 ipo of 2.4 billion today that company's worth 61 billion. yeah this billion. is the main takeaway these guys when they ipo'd they probably had all these fancy charts that showed the size of their markets they've blown through the size of those markets that's the main 100%. thing these markets are still growing and they're growing quickly so even though these things look expensive if they end up they beat expectations all the time they're actually much cheaper than they appear right now yeah yeah i know so uh, grizzle loves SaaS. This is the reason uh, we love growth and thinking about it, companies that are growing and that have the potential to cash flow significantly on a five-year view. And that's the big differentiator between us and and uh, and how Kathy Wood thinks of the world. And she, you know, obviously she's built something very, very powerful there, but she thinks of things on a greater than 10-year view, uh, much more science experiment-esque. Or like, you know, that's five years, no revenue type of view. That's right. And we think the sweet spot that's very attractive is five year, have a view out to five years where cash flow is, is it's basically a cash flowing machine and it's lots of it. These are the type of companies that do that. Scott, what else we got? Oh, we got to talk about the Chinese ADR. Our strategist, Chris Wood had a good piece on that. I'm sure 
what you guys have bought a Chinese eight yard sometime or another, like an Alibaba or a Tencent or something like that. There's been big changes afoot in China. So I wanted to talk a little bit about number one, Chris is calling for the death of the ADR. I think he's right on that one. So there is, yep. I think, 200-some ADRs in the U.S. 16 have already delisted from the U.S. He's saying the rest are eventually going to delist. What that means is you're going to have to buy them on the Hong Kong exchange or on the Chinese exchange if you want to own these. But it doesn't okay. mean that these companies are done for. It can be an orderly uh, kind of exit from the U.S., what he recommends is just move over to Hong Kong and China and invest in these companies because there's a cyclical rebound that may be coming out of China, which the U.S. has already kind of had their cyclical rebound. There's still more to come. China hasn't yet. They're still dealing with the virus. They're locking down entire cities. So I have, sure. a, I have a good chart here that shows you kind of how uh, the average citizen is okay from a financial standpoint, but they pulled back on spending quite a bit. So eventually that'll go back to normal and then cyclical stocks will do well. So I'm going to bring that up here. Great. So there is a lot going on in this chart, but at the very bottom, it shows growth of two different time periods. We're looking at today's growth in purple and then 2019's growth is in teal, like a lighter color. So disposable income is down maybe 20, 25% because of the pandemic, but yep. consumption is down a lot more than that. It's down almost 50% as far as growth. So the Chinese consumer is still being very cautious on growth. So what you have is once COVID is kind of beaten back, everyone's vaccinated, you'll have this pick back up in spending and it could even overshoot. So you're gonna have right. some nice cyclical recovery in China, not to mention the government is starting to invest more in infrastructure again because they want to get everything going. So Chris is yeah, calling yeah. for both of those things to happen. That means that these ADRs, even though they're leaving the U.S., there still could be upside depending on the sector they're in as the Chinese market goes back to normal. It's fascinating, uh, yeah, and and that you know that really is an opportunity where you you have a sector. Uh, you have a classic class of companies that that's uh, down and out, but uh, when you if you look at it structurally uh, from a cyclical perspective, there's an opportunity there. Yeah. So what's you know China is cracking down on tech companies and some other sectors, and that's hitting valuations across China. All the stocks are down, yeah. but a lot of them will survive, right? It's just growing pains. You got it. You got a slap on the wrist by the government. You figure out there's a new operating environment. Figure out how to deal yep. with it. You'll be like Alibaba's not going away, Tencent's not going away, sure. But they're running into some headwinds now. So just with ADRs, be aware. All those ones you own in the U.S., they're going to delist eventually because there's just too many regulations coming out of the U.S. The U.S. knows that uh, there's been some shenanigans going on, and, and they're going to make it harder yeah. for you if you want to stay in the U.S. market. So look at China for that cyclical rebound. Nice. And then lastly, we got to talk about cannabis. We had a big deal this week. And we've been Got seeing hat, more, more than one. <laughs> yeah, the, the hat gives it away. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm, so for those listening to the pod, I'm wearing a, a Gage uh, has some of the sweetest swag uh, and also uh, green growth uh, that, that you got some great uh, um Scott's wearing that as well. But, with, you know, the, the swag out of cannabis is always top notch. Yeah. But uh, Gage, man, and we have we're, so, we're the sorry to see him go, call. but uh, they were in the portfolio. Yeah. So not that sorry. 
Yeah, no, it's if it, so from our perspective, that's why we created the Grizzle Cannabis portfolio uh, way back when. That was just a turn of the election. What we really wanted to highlight is just obviously you guys follow us, you hear 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 our thinking on specific names, uh, macro, but just really boiling it down to like, okay, what actionably? How are you thinking about it? And post the conference, uh, literally, we just did the cannabis update. That would have been less than a month ago. Uh, we just, you know, we just said, listen, you know, our, our waiting engage, I think it was like one or 2%. It just was way too low. And really, uh, one thing that I've learned in portfolio management over and over again, when your view has changed, when you, you know, you're understanding things better, right? You're always going to learn more about things, right? And uh, the cannabis con was fantastic across the board, understanding and gauge really st stood out. We said, listen, you know, this has changed and it doesn't mean like you go, oh, well, I'll increase the weight a little bit. No. Well, if, if you're if you're understanding the company a lot better and your conviction has grown, we took it from two to 11 percent, Scott. That was yeah. that and it became a top five holding in uh, in in the portfolio. And this is just a little bit of a take on obviously how do you marry um understanding a security better, understanding the nuances of the market better, getting to meet management. How do you put it all together? This is the art of portfolio management. And this is what we take you through in the Grizzle Cannabis portfolio because we start in an industry view and a sector view. So we say, this is the part of the cannabis market I like. This is the part I don't like. Then you go within that part I like, what stocks do yep. I like? So you start high level, you go down to the individual stocks. And when we do these rebalances, we do live shows, we update it on the website and you can you can kind of go through it. We take questions live. You can see what the process is when you're running kind of a professional style portfolio. Yeah, that's right. And and this is specific to a very high growth sector. And so Terrasand um to acquire acquiring Gage and Terrasand we're fans of of what they're doing and, and I would say that Scott this is a very astute acquisition, right? This is uh what it gives Terrasand I I would say it gives them huge branding immediately. Gage knows how to brand and that's one thing that really stood out from uh you know from their what they're at, like if you look at their numbers in Michigan incredible you know relative to what the averages are yeah. and you look at just how they they view the market it's a very it's from a very uh it's a perspective that is very consumer centric, right? They get what they get who the cannabis consumer and which is. Which is funny to say that that's unique, but it is in the U.S. market right now because it's still, there's limited licenses, so you don't need to stand out as much on the branding front. But Gage that's is thinking ahead and saying, if man, if, if we're competing against, you know, twice as many guys, four times as many guys, we really need to stand out in what our products look like and the branding sure. and the message. And so they're already ahead working on that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, so so that was a big win for the cannabis portfolio. One thing I'd say and what's going on in cannabis, you're seeing deal flow heat up. And I think that yeah. that is a good thing to show that these, some of these CEOs know what's going on. They don't want to yeah, buy like near it. the top, right? Stocks are down 50%, some more than that. So this would be the yeah. time you can buy another company for cheaper than you could you know, six months ago. So it's good to see that they're waiting a little bit and you don't have massive deal flow at the top of the market. Yeah, I gotta say, Jason, you know, this is this is the right; these are the right moves. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Jason Wild didn't get to be uh, running Terrasend by making bad deals. No, and, and, and you know, he's if you look, rewind back, listen to the MSO Masterclass. 
three great CEOs, three really polished views about the the U.S. market and and where it will grow, how the, how dynamic it will be, and uh, you know this is uh, this is why we do it. And guys, stay tuned. We got more coming up. We got way more. Um, we're gonna. Everyone, the feedback was tremendous for the Grizzle Cannabis Con, the Psychedelics Con. Scott, we just got to keep going. We got to keep unearthing yeah. sectors and finding winners. Exactly. That's that's the key is you, you bring on the thought leaders and it just helps you stay up to date on what's going on in these fast growing industries because there's so much potential. But it's just, sometimes it's just hard to keep up with what's going on. That's why we have these these conferences. So you can come in, spend a day with us learn like you're a pro and then you know exactly what to do from there. Yeah. And uh, just, just uh, before we wrap up, I just a big thank you to obviously everyone who's uh, who's been a supporter of the Grizzle listening to the pod. You guys have just been huge, uh, you know, mad love for all of that. And and uh, thank you very much. You know, Grizzle, you know, Grizzle's here because of our community. And if you haven't had a chance, uh, please do. Please give it a comment in, in Apple iTunes and a, and a thumbs up or, you know, other, uh, you know, just uh, just uh, a rating, whatnot. A review as well. Huge. I mean, if you have more to say, if you want to let us know if there's something we can improve or you like the content a review helps yeah it's huge yeah so we'll uh really appreciate that and and obviously tell a friend to tell people about what we're doing uh we got a lot more coming down the pipe and if you guys aren't signed up for it, please do grizzle.com forward slash subscribe uh that is where we drop uh you'll 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 be signed up we, and we basically keep our emails super tight like you're never gonna get uh superfluous stuff you're gonna get good uh solid insights into your inbox we got the weekender which is solid we, you know i'll drop uh you know i'll, I'll put this uh our our pod email just so you you know what's happening what's in the pod this is what this is you'll get all the good stuff and we also have a stock safari which we're going to restart in the in the new year uh sorry in the uh, september uh coming up so yeah the the uh, summer breaks over scott yep. grizzles back it's time, at time to bear down <laughs> <laughs> guys uh thank you so much for listening to episode 26 we'll be back with 27 stay tuned for more interviews next week and then we got 27 after that